All right. Just... That's it. That's fine. Carry on. Welcome back to the Labrador Energy Podcast here. We're uh, here with Anna Barros, straight out of Berlin. <laughs> How's it going, Anna? <laughs> very good. Very good. How are you doing? Not too bad. Not too bad. I just went, I spent most of the day this morning, I did some editing and I put up a video on YouTube because I'm trying to keep like a cadence of like one, two videos a week. Uh, now I that, love the word cadence. Uh, cadence, yeah. You know, I've, I've actually met a couple of people called cadence, like mostly female. Yeah, I think it's a female. Interesting cadence. Maybe it's time for some male cadences out in the world. Maybe, perhaps, yeah. And a lot of them tend to be, I guess, white ladies. No, I think one of them was uh, African, uh, African lady. But the rest of them are like white ladies. Maybe it's like an old British name. Cadence. Yeah, it's beautiful. It's like Salador. Salador. Is that like, what, Salador is a salad of smell? Then a cellar, like um, like a keller, like a downstairs room. Ah, I see, I see. Okay, okay. Yeah, I thought Salador. Isn't dur in French like of smell? And then Salad. Yep, yeah. Or or pain, right? Dolor. Dolor, yeah, that's Spanish. And also French and Italian. Oh, yeah. I don't know how to say it in French. Maybe it's something somewhere I imagine. What was I, those... little... I don't know. Uh, this is a strong start to the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so I just done that. And uh, I'm just kind of you know, trying to... Because today is the end of the month, right? It's May 31st. So I'm trying to think, yes. okay, maybe I should start off uh, June in a you know, more productive mindset. That's kind of been my... Uh... What do you mean? You've been so productive. I mean... Comparatively, but now it's like, you know, the shows and stuff comparatively yeah. to like, uh, you know, just the general pandemic mindset, right? Yeah, the pandemic mindset is totally changing right now. Yeah, I feel like I've, I've, I've just been, uh, what the word? Well, I'm not doing as much as I should have, which is uh, probably true. But, you know, it's not no point in being too hard on myself. Yes, yes, I think so. I think there's a real cap to how much you can effectively think and produce in a pandemic. How are you feeling? So, you, were, you were sick in the past couple of days, right? Yeah, I got gastric flu because uh, I work at a kindergarten and uh, I'm exposed to feces and saliva. Uh, very, very close contact. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, this little boy was very sick. And anyway, like within 12 hours, I was, uh, yeah, basically crying in my sleep with, with stomach oh, cramps. That's intense. Yeah, well, yeah it was much better, yeah? Mm-hmm. Feeling much better now. 100%. I had my first coffee today and I had uh, some protein today too. I had uh, an egg and some tofu. How <laughs> okay, exciting. Look at you, yeah. Fucking getting back at it, right? Uh, and just, just like if somebody's watching this and they don't, they don't know you, do you want to kind of give a quick intro on like your background and such? Yeah, sure. Um, so uh, a quick intro. I am a stand-up comedian performing in Berlin. Um, I work at a kindergarten in Berlin. Um, I'm originally from New Zealand, but grew up in Australia. I'm not going to say my usual jokes because that's just weird. Um and what else? Um, I'm alone here, and uh, and I produce um, quite a few shows. Although with Corona, who knows what comes back? But um, yeah, shows under the names of Adults Only, uh, Adults Only Comedy, Glory Hole Comedy, and Punch Up Comedy. Perfect. Uh, have you spoken with the bars yet to see if you can kind of restart some of the shows? Yeah, I um I just randomly looked at the uh like Berlin State um updates on Saturday right. and I immediately contacted everybody. So I might be starting back some shows um next week. So today's Sunday. Mm-hmm. So today is this week. So I might be starting some shows as of next week. Mm-hmm. Um uh yeah. So let's let's see what happens there. Maybe adults only will be restarting, but the days might be different. I think all the days are going to just be different until some level of, I don't know, normalcy I mean, you, can return. You might want to reach out to uh, Andrew at uh, Space Bar Medusa because we're doing the Thursday one again. And then uh, I think uh, Dave is also doing... Uh, I already have. Uh, Mine's a monthly show, so it's less, less stressful. Right, okay, yes. And Dave is doing the real show on Tuesday. And I, I went by uh, Foster's place yesterday to the wall to kind of see what the situation was there. Because mm-hmm. he needed to help with like just moving some tables. He, they got a free they got a free couch for the for the comedian's green room. So that's interesting. Yes. Well, it's Berlin. Like they should have got a free couch for the. Yeah, I think Gino's uh, Gino's uh, workmate or something was giving it away. So they ended up kind of moving it. So that's 
Uh, apparently, it's Perfect. all kind of soundproof, so it shouldn't be any issues there. But uh, I guess, yeah, we'll, we'll see how the shows kind of kick off again. Uh, but yeah, excited to be doing stuff. Uh, so far, hmm? yeah. I was going to say, so far, I've done three shows. You've done, yeah, fuck you. I got sick and I've done none. I'm happy for you. I'm happy for you. How were the, how were the second two? Uh, so the first one was, yeah, I was with, you know, everybody was a bit rusty. Second two were the second one I hosted at uh, Heaven's Cafe. So I was doing a lot of hosting and I was like, oh, I fucking killed it. And I watched the video. And I was like, huh, maybe I did. <laughs> yeah. hmm. Maybe you didn't quite kill it there. Um, maybe because it was like you got to, you were interacting with people and there was momentum, but it just didn't sound like killing it because yeah, there's yeah. only 20 people in there, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah there was about 50. That's how many we had. Uh, I mean, it looks, it was proper setup in terms of uh, you know distance between people so there was an issue in that regard of course but, yeah it was it was all right people you know, people were like chuckling and laughing i was like yeah well how do you identify breast cancer there was one medical student so i was asking her can you tell me what is the correct way to find she was like i don't know well okay and maybe i can show you yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i didn't go in that direction as uh trying to address Thank God. Yeah, and then basically just the other ones were just doing material. Some of that, uh, I did some, my homeless material did not quite work. Did not, oh, I didn't quite work when I did the homeless, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sorry, yeah. Yeah, so those, those are not translating well. Uh, did you change mental disease to mental illness? Yeah, I said mental illness. Uh, it was still not quite hitting. I guess because people are not really sure whether it's okay to laugh at. But it was funny because then yesterday I saw Gutierrez do like five minutes on uh, on why if he was a child he would have you know, let Michael Jackson fuck him. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> and totally. then there was, an, uh, there was a, there's a person in the audience that came up to him and basically started giving him shit about that. Try to understand, what, what, what are you thinking when you wrote that joke? So I was like, comedy's back. <laughs> <laughs> but back to the, the, the crowd work, I think yeah. when you've got 15 people with the social distancing regulations, yeah. it's going to be hard to feel like this a level of presence and uh, momentum happening. Yeah, for sure. I think that's the, that's because the, I'm posting some of my clips from like some shows I did in Copenhagen and the fact that the room was so packed, it really is very conducive for like crowd work, right? And anything yeah. they say, even if it's just like relatively moderately or like a semblance of funniness, they just explode, boom. Yeah. You make one face in response to something that someone says and it's like, <laughs> Yeah, and it's, yeah. It's, bro, it's like such good, clips to upload because like you cut it up little little kind of every bit goes to like tiktok facebook and you know people are engaging with it so i think i'm, I'm thinking now maybe i should upload something every day even if it's even if it's clips that i've uploaded before you know what i mean yeah. uh because yeah. people kind of interact with it simple i've seen it simple i've not seen it and it's just like being in the forefront of people's mind uh, that's um that's very productive of you. Yeah, I went down the rabbit hole of uh, finding a whole bunch of my comedy clips yesterday to finish this. Um, so I'm putting up a, a monthly show um, called uh, The Berlin Friars Club okay. and a roast. And it's a different opponent every month. And um, yeah, I, uh, the first, the first, my first roast, roasty uh, is Christoph Schmidt. And um, yeah, I'm really, I'm excited to share the clip with you. I'm going to. So it's going to be a whole show, right? It's a, it's not a live show. It's just no, a, yeah, a regular online show. Okay, perfect. Awesome. I mean, that's, that's definitely a great kind of step in that online medium. I think I was talking to, who was I talking to? I think Ori the other day about like doing more stuff online. And, you know, Ori is a bit more uh, blasé about, uh, you know, just, just, do what, just do what you like, man. Just like, you know, don't worry about the, the exposure. Don't worry about what people, yeah. Um, in terms of like, yeah, I'm not going to. That's, that's good. Um, but yeah, I went down this rabbit hole of, um, of looking at my clips and, uh, oh man, I was like, I had to, I was pausing and laughing out loud at myself. Like there were moments where I, <laughs> it's just like, yeah, in jokes with just myself or, or like laughing at how terrible what I'm saying is or how, like how potentially offensive that was for the audience. Cause there's a lot of, yeah, crowd work bits. Dude, I have like a, I have like a clip. Oh, yeah. Why not I ever get around to cut my stuff up? Hmm? Oh, did it, it kind of uh, froze up for a bit. What did you say? Um, yeah, there's a lot of stuff that's just probably worth cutting up and, and putting on, online. But it, uh, yeah, I think now that all the shows are starting back up, it's, I want to get my writing back to a point yeah, where I'm yeah. like, yeah, stand up, you know, stand up with the audience. 
especially because you can actually test it, right? Like, I think that was the biggest issue. Like you were like, oh, it's kind of, I think this is going to be funny. And then you're like, okay, well, it's, can't throw it out, this bullshit. But now that you can go up there, you can do it. Um, yeah, I was watching I someone, to... I was watching some of my stuff. Like, I think, because I have it on YouTube, uploaded for like three years ago. Uh, and I was oh. like, fuck. Yeah. If you ever want to see it, I can send you the link. It's um, definitely painful. I'm, I'll spare you that. Yeah, um, I... <laughs> Cringe city. I was like, what the fuck? I was doing like some Thai jokes about, yeah, Thailand. If you want to get hurt, please. <laughs> Jesus. So if people want to get, well, you're talking about like tattoos and the sex, uh, sex trade. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was not, not ideal. But, uh, you know, cheers to that. You know, you always gotta, I think if anybody's watching this and is thinking of starting comedy, you know, whatever you do, you're always gonna, you know, don't think too much about it. Just do it and then you hate, hate it later. Yeah, and it's this thing, it's that thing of, um, like, as, I'm, as I've been psychologically confronting getting back on stage, um, I think last Saturday when I saw you go up and Ori and Brendan and Dane and Fabian and um, who have I forgotten? Um, but anyway, I, before you guys went up on stage, I was just feeling pure, well, it wasn't like aggressive jealousy. It was just like, oh, you guys, like... Right. Good on you. I'm, I'm really looking forward to doing this myself. Uh, and then when you guys got up there, I was like, oh, I forgot what it's like when stuff doesn't work. And then it was this whole thing of like me reconciling. No, I, I do comedy and I do, and I do comedy comfortably and I love com and I love stand up and, and sort of um, realigning or, or re reconciling all of these feelings and wanting to do this thing that I've been missing so much, but having this new fear because it's been two and a half months and then the self doubt because it's mm. been two and a half months. Um, but then, you know, talking about you know, when you're starting out, the thing is with anything, with any, any, any creation, you've just got to throw ideas out. You just got to make it. And it's not going to be, it's going to be imperfect. It's yeah. going to be this, you know, and it's just the more times you do it. And so it's like with writing down ideas and with performing jokes, um, it's like there's all of this crap that you've got to go through before you get the gold. Yeah, and you yeah. just, and it's okay. And, you, you know, I think that's, I think that's why comedians love comedians so much because we understand the public humiliation process of finding those golden nuggets. Yeah, just going out, out there and just, just, just failing on stage, right? Failing in public, right? Wailing in public every night, maybe multiple times. It's just that's that's what it that's what it is. Yeah, that's what I do. It. Mm, that I love it. Boost the failure. Um, I want to ask you, like, how was because you went to the protest today, right? How was that? Um, so it was the George Floyd demo uh, demonstration. Um, it was uh, well with social distancing. It was still a really small crowd but it was still it was still really good to just be there it was hard to hear the speakers mm -hmm. because of the social distancing so everyone's so far away right. but um but yeah it was you know an, a, a tidy one and a half hours um chanting and hearing people's stories and perspectives there were a few white women who got up on stage who I didn't hear what they had to say, but it, it, it's hard in those moments to not immediately judge. Right. Um, like I even felt, I wanted to attend one of these, but I even felt sort of like, how do I do this respectfully? Like, I don't know what to, I don't know how. Right. I, ben McLean had a, um, a good video. Did you watch his video on how to respond as a white person? To who, who had a good video? Ben. Ben McLean? No, I haven't seen it. Uh, I uh, I saw something by Andrew Schultz. He was talking about how basic it was. It was, it was about like how you know basically stop. There's a lot of people are complaining in the U.S. about having white guilt and then being unable to act. And you just like do something, you know, fucking change the shit. Just just like say that what's happening is wrong. I guess yeah. Just do something. Yeah. And I think that's yeah. That's what yeah. the message. I I fell down a little bit of a hole of like watching all these clips of like the riots in the U.S. Was, and uh, it was nothing. It was yeah. Sorry, the the connection yeah. wasn't up. That's why I think why I spoke over it. Continue. Oh, good. Okay, so this is a slight lag, but I think it's fine. Uh, I was gonna say I fell down this hole of like watching the the stuff on Twitter, what's happening in the U.S. The riots and uh, you know just just watching that video initially, I was like, what the fuck is happening? It's insane. 
Um, yeah, I didn't see the video. Um, I've seen little bits of the video, and I'm just kind of like, I, I don't want to. Yeah, it's not ideal. I'm not. Yeah, if I if I don't if it doesn't just happen, then I'm not gonna seek it. Um, but uh, yeah, I watched um, Trevor Noah's talk. Um, his sort of, I, did, I think it was via The Daily Show. Um, yeah, his talk and his sort of dissection of what these um, riots and, and, and what this looting really represents mm -hmm. and why being, uh, by, why reacting to that and being outraged by that is missing a whole question, which is what is society and what is the social contract and um, what, what does it mean for a police officer to kill? Like all of these things. Yeah, it was a really good, a really good video I recommend. Uh, yeah. Anyone wants to? Understand I'll, I'll, a bit better. I'll, I think I'll check it out. The whole thing is like, just like the, in the context of this week, I was just, look, because I was thinking of doing like a video about like what's happened this week, but then, because uh, I'm trying to figure out if I'm going to that direction with like the YouTube channel to do more new stuff, because the new stuff gets more traction. And it was like, you know, the Amy Cooper stuff at the start of the week. Have you seen that? Uh, that was like a white woman threatening a black man because uh, she, he wanted to take her dog because he, she was mistreating her dog? No, no, no. She was trying to tell her to leash her dog because she was walking with the dog in, a, in the bird area. So she, he was a black man doing bird watching, which I think was kind of funny in itself. <laughs> but uh, he, was, he, was, he, was, he looked very harmless, basically. That's what I'm saying. He looked very harmless. And then she kind of like put on this show of like calling the police and like making it sound like she was getting raped which was um, pretty insane. So That's I was like, like still yeah. a mockingbird shit. Yeah, yeah, it's like insane. I'm getting a tissue, my, my nose is doing yeah, crazy okay. stuff. Uh, um, <laughs> I think a lot of people are basically just like, you know, how many of these incidents have actually led to people getting arrested, right? Yeah, and then like the police um, behavior. Yeah. Once, once they're arrested, the complete lack of secure, like safety or, or respect that empathy black people have in, 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 you know, the, the, in the, in the arms of the law. It's, it's so fucked. It's yeah. It's so fucked up. Yeah. It's, it's, so that was pretty intense this week, but then you had the other thing going on with the, uh, have you seen the SpaceX thing? That, I think that was one of cool things that the contrast of like, you know, shit going to, like basically stop burning and then you have the contrast of actually putting people in space again because like spacex launched uh i think it's the first man's uh flight by a private company to the uh international space station really yeah yeah so that happened yesterday so it's like this big moment for like mankind and america as well and then also this kind of you have this very high point and then this very low point which some like fucking insanity this country is right yeah america is terrifying um no, I don't watch the news, right? I don't watch the right, news. Right. This is how I, I stay uh, not angry and, uh, and kind of at peace. Um, so SpaceX is the company and they've sent who Two into people. space? Into space. So originally what would, what would happen basically is the US no longer had a working space program. So they would uh, basically pay the Russians or Chinese to send stuff to the International Space Station. Uh -huh. uh, and then basically Elon Musk's second company basically makes rockets and then they have this rocket that's a reusable rocket and now they've all this was the first ever manned flight to the space station a reusable rocket yeah so basically what happens is you know you have like the big rocket body that has the fuel there's got to be a joke in that I'm writing down reusable rocket that just sounds like so so loaded with innuendo you yeah. can probably do like, it sounds like a Viagra joke in the making. I think you had like a Viagra joke that you were trying to work with, right? <laughs> Maybe. That might be, uh, no. <laughs> might be something that you could use from that. <laughs> um, yeah, I was, yeah, my reusable rocket. Wow. Wow. Payload. I still haven't made a reusable condom, really. Like. Are there, are, are there reusable condoms? I don't think there are, are there? Can you still hear me? I think it was like sheepskin or whatever. I think that's what lambskin. Lambskin, yeah. Lambskin. But you can reuse it, right? Like you gotta, you don't want to just be throwing away lambskin. Like you want to wash that and hang it to dry somewhere. It, I guess you probably don't put it in the dryer because it shrinks. 
Maybe don't share it, but you could probably like wash it. Imagine sharing condom. That's like, that really is the, it's that bad, the economy. <laughs> you gotta pass it around. I wonder uh, how many people have actually used like cling wrap or like a, a plastic bag. I think people just wouldn't, right? No, I think they wouldn't. I think they're just, I mean, if basically for a guy, that'd be like the number one excuse. Ah, oh, there's no condoms. What am I going to do? Use cling fill? It should be like, like yeah. imagine if someone was like, yes. <laughs> not, you're not putting that shit in me. No, no, I've got this, I've got this like reusable Ziploc bag here. We can like put it down here and then just tie it around. And you know, those little bags, like you know, those little sock bags you put in for the washing machine? Uh, no. Sock bags. Yeah, like the little thing you put the socks in so they get lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But they're like, that's like a whole cotton bag, right? Yeah, so maybe that's something. Potentially. I don't know. I'm not, I'm not sure how cotton, I could. Cotton is not liquid proof, man. Like you wouldn't put, like, and that would just absorb all of the lubrication. This is true. Right? I didn't really think that through. No, uh, you didn't. As soon as you went to fabric, I was like, you're lost. You're lost. You I mean, came to fabric. polyester? Maybe polyester. My work, polyester condoms, you know? Yeah, I'm feeling rashes. I don't know. Yeah, <laughs> maybe that just leather. But right. I suppose that's what lambskin is. Leather is lambskin. Yeah, yeah, leather yeah. yeah, there you go. Fucking fixing the fixing stuff. I, I was doing, I was working on a joke a while back about. Uh, uh, making Eastern European condoms, basically uh, flavored like uh, gherkins. So, uh, Ooh, yeah. We would love that. <laughs> I think that's, that, that would be, uh, I haven't really quite, uh, and in lubrification, used the water from, but I, I never, that joke never took off, you know what I mean? Pickle juice, pickles and pickle juice. Yeah, because yeah. the, the joke was, the pun was, you, so you can pickle your pickle. Yeah. You can pick Fucking up pick comedy up. genius right here. Yeah. Can uh, we get some, can, can we get this wetter? Yeah, here's the pickle juice. Um. I don't think it's going to work. But I wanted to ask you a bit more about like uh, the, the move from Australia to like Germany. Tell me a bit more about that. Like, how, did, how did that happen? Yeah. So um, I, this was in 2016 that I came to Berlin and I came with the intention that Germany was going to be like Germany. I love Germany. I visited Berlin twice before and um, <clears throat> it didn't make any sense for me to move to Berlin. I was actually planning to move to Italy. At a time. And uh, yeah, and I was, I was choosing which, which city in Italy. And then I came here for the second time and I just had the best time. I was blown away, met so many cool people, went to all of these, you know, all of the, the great clubs and um and I loved the fund recycling system. And, uh, and then I was hanging out in Sicily. And, uh, you love the fund recycling system? I loved it. I was like, oh, my God, you can just leave bottles on the ground. <laughs> and you're feeding the economy and you're recycling. And you're, that's ah. a bit. That's, that's a bit. <laughs> yes. Yeah, it's, yeah, like, it's true. That, that's something weird to say, right? Like, it's... I, I, it's so white woman, you know? It's yeah. like, I love the recycling system. I just think of Fabian's bit. Yeah. Um, but it's so true. Like, I, I was then uh, at the end of my holiday down in Sicily and um, with this lover, and uh, I just couldn't stop talking about Berlin and even about the recycling system. I was like, it's so great. <laughs> but all yeah, these you can use, use lambskin. <laughs> No, I haven't got experience with lambskin. Yeah. But, um, and then I had these two really violent dreams and then I was like, oh, I'm moving to Berlin. And then within violent, uh, dreams. violent dreams, yeah. They basically showed me that if I, if I moved to Italy, I wasn't going to be able to become, uh, to grow and, and find myself and that I was actually going to end up in a, it was, it was another unsupportive environment for me. Right. Interesting. Yeah. So your subconscious was basically trying to reach out. Yeah, I was like, somewhere else, somewhere else. Um, and it wasn't sane. Uh, it wasn't sane. It was just, no. Um, yeah. 
coincided with me um, leaving my husband, mm-hmm. my ex-husband, because I'm divorced now. So like I had this marriage breakup and, uh, and then I always wanted to live in Italy. And then it was like, no, it's Berlin. And so then within five months, I moved here, um, sold all of my stuff, did an A1 course in German. I had no visa, no German. And I knew um, only the people that I'd partied with, which mm-hmm. uh, when, I, when I arrived here um, and my best friend who lived here was actually away for the first three months right. uh, in Mexico. So yeah, and um, yeah, I moved here January 2016 in winter and started working at a bar straight away. I actually wanted to um, work on becoming a musician or work on music. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and Berlin doesn't have anything except an electronic music scene. Right, right, right. So, no real music. Yeah, so, huh? No, I'm joking. I just said no real what music. No real music, yeah. Yeah, no like live music scene. So, uh, and that was definitely my scene in Melbourne where I, I met people and, um, and, and wanted to develop my creativity. And, uh, and then within the, first, um, within the first year that I was here, I went, my friend, um, that best friend that mm-hmm. lived here, lives here, she knows Neil Numb. She's okay. friends with Neil Numb because she's British. Right. And she took me to Gamuzd. And um, and I saw I saw Paul and Toby Arsalan and Caroline and I was so inspired after that show. I started writing a screenplay. Right. Oh, um, really? Okay. For a TV series. Right. Okay. Um, yeah, because I basically had done lots of poetry and um, and like songwriting. Uh, and so I started writing the screenplay and, and had this whole thing of like, I don't know, writing funny stuff. And, uh, and then nothing happened of that for another year. But within that next year, I became like just organically became friends with Toby Arsalan because my boyfriend at the time lived with him. And yeah, Toby Arsalan was like, do comedy, just do a set, just do a set. I started going to the shows, started getting to know everybody. Um, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so I saw Erica Rat. Just huh? one hit. One hit. Yeah, just do one. Yeah, exactly, just do it. Just just do it once, and um, yeah, and also seeing people like Erica Ratcliffe and Freddie Grail and um, Julieta and Caroline, I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, let's let's do this. There needs to be like, yeah. I also noticed that there were just a lot more dudes on the scene, and uh, yeah, and so I thought, and the thing that Toby said was like, if you if it's one of those things that if you do it and again and again, you're going to get better. Like there's mm-hmm. no way you won't get better. And that was reassuring because I've got a good work ethic. So I was like, right. I'm going to do it. So, yeah. so then I was almost going to leave Berlin, but then comedy kept me here. Okay. Awesome. That's, I didn't know that. I know like Toby or Toby, you, you told me the Toby story before, but I didn't know that it was like, you know, that one thing that kept you here. Yeah. 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 I was, um, cause then my whole, like <clears throat> my life was kind of falling apart here um, mm-hmm. when I got into comedy. Cause it was like, you know, you got to get to that breaking point where you've got nothing left to lose. And then you're like, right. all right, I'm going to do stand up. <laughs> um, <laughs> I've gotten no pride. I think that is, that is a good, good, it's a good kind of like summarization of like, you know, a lot of how people feel, you know, like, fuck it. I have, cause the same situation for me when I was kind of like, uh, when I started out, I think when I first considered going to stand-up comedy shows, and I was in Japan at the time, like things were kind of like falling around me. Like everything was like I was debating leaving Japan. I was like, "Fuck it, might might as well." And then, yeah, it's really kind of removing that because you feel I don't know maybe like a lot of times you feel a bit self-conscious, like you have something to lose. Exactly. Yeah. So then you have nothing like, to lose. I don't think I, I don't think I ever would have. Uh, I never even thought of it as a possibility in, in, in Melbourne. Like I went to a few comedy shows, but the comedy scene when I was there, like in my sort of like late teens and early twenties, it wasn't cool. It was all of these sort of older people in their thirties and there were these comedy clubs and there weren't so many like comedy shows at bars that were dynamic and with people that I could really relate to. Right. Whereas in Berlin, it was like, what was that? He said all these people in their 30s. Yeah. <laughs> See the irony of that, yeah? 
<laughs> Good call. Yeah. Well, they were like, they just weren't cool. Like I couldn't relate to any of these people right. or, or they just, the, 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 the small, the few shows that I saw were either like for the Melbourne International Comedy Festival, right. um, which were like bigger acts and, you know, and I really liked it, but I didn't, um, there was only like, I don't know. I just didn't see, I didn't see myself in that scene at all. And it was only when I was in Berlin that I saw these people talking about, these comedians talk about things that I could really relate to. And I don't know, it just, the do you timing. Was, do you remember what did you relate to? What was the thing that you related to the most? Hmm. No, I don't think I, well, Caroline talk, talked about um, her, like her vagina being so dry that there were like, uh, you know, tumbleweeds rolling through. Right. And I remember that joke and that, that was just like, that was such a, that was so great. I think I was having a real dry patch at that time. And I was like, yes, I know how you feel. <laughs> and yeah, and I think it was the, I think I'd lived enough. I think that's also the thing. If you're young, you know, you can have had some level of trauma, of course, and, and some shit go on. But it's like, once you've lived through your 20s, that's when you know pain. Like, you right. know, pain after your twenties cause you've fucked up and you've, you've, you know, you've really like done some dumb shit or you've lost, uh, lost people or um, just seen some nasty stuff. So I think you kind of need to, I think if you're doing, yeah, I think I needed to live all of that stuff before I could really connect with the pain and the laughter thing of comedy right. and, and like yeah. use that alchemy aspect of like turning it giving it some form of purpose exactly and without with with the absence of this live music scene it was like this comedy scene where you know i noticed i i it was the first time i really was like ah you know this like i'd always loved comedy like i actually wrote a thesis in Italians, like comedic, like comedy cinema. Right. Um, that's and I focused on comedy and like how comedy is structured. And I, I, I loved comedy, but I just never had deeply connected with stand up. And I think, yeah, it was this mm, this new uh, channel of very clever writing and like efficiency. It's also something very efficient. I also got like more into copywriting um, in those years. So like efficient language use is. I really appreciate that and, and turning pain into laughter. And I was in a pretty broken, yeah, I, I, can't, I arrived to Berlin pretty broken. Like it's, right, it's okay. only in the last, in the last I mean, couple I, of years. I think a lot of people kind of feel that way. And I think again, that's one of the things that I, I like the most of it as well. The fact that you can kind of give purpose to some like form of, you know, senseless pain, right? Yeah. I'm right. trying to write jokes about South Sudan at the moment. What's up? <laughs> You're so right. Dude, I, I, wrote, I, I watched this documentary, uh, uh, Vice documentary. I don't know. It's a 10-minute documentary on YouTube by Vice. And it's about, mm -hmm. I did like a small video about it. Probably didn't see it. But the video is about, the, the, the documentary is about the child trade in South Sudan after the Civil War. You're so trying to write jokes about this. Exactly. exactly. It's very heavy. Uh, but anyway, it's, it's close oh to kind of... Mm. You know, okay, so let me tell you how, okay, let me just kind of, uh, I can tell you what I, what the story is and how like, I'm thinking about it and you can tell me what do you think. But the situation okay. is basically, South Sudan was in a, <laughs> <laughs> this conversation. Okay, so South Sudan was in a six year war, civil war, right? So then it was ch children, soldiers, children, armies fucked up, right? These guys were like, the, you know, the, the cornies of the world. There were these guys. So anyway, there was this guy, he, which the, I'm trying to think because his name basically sounds like he was named after, named after a panda. That's part of the joke, right? So this guy's name is David Yao Yao. That's the panda name, right? Because, you know, sometimes in the zoo they have pandas that are called Ming Ming or, or Pao Pao. This guy is David Yao Yao. Yao Yao. So David Yao Yao well, used to have like a child army, whatever, and then he decided to like disband it. And because of that, because the act of disbanding the child army, he was selected as, elected as governor. Good times, right? So now they interview him and they're like, <laughs> their interview is like, Mr. Yao Yao, uh, what are you doing? What, what, what are you up to nowadays? <laughs> and he's like, well, I'm trying to, you know, I'm putting work in to try to return all these, uh, you know, kidnapped and abducted children, uh, you know, back to their owners. And the guy's like, you mean parents, right? 
was like, yeah, yeah. what can I say? So they're homes? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, but he's like, I'm trying to record, because, you know, the, I guess the, the vocabulary of the, the, the child trading business is difficult to get rid of, right? So anyway, that, I thought that was kind of funny. And then they interviewed these people that are these children that are abducted. Both of them are called Patrick. And then they interview an abductor, another guy who's in the business now. It's like they put, his name appears on the fucking thing. And it's like, this guy, it's like a- occupation. No, 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 he's completely, they show his face. Not a problem. Okay. <laughs> South Sudan, I don't know. So anyway, so this guy's name, his face, and under him, that's his title, child abductor. And anyway, he talks about like- Mr. Uh, child abductor yeah, to you. Yeah. The business of abducting children, and then they interview the child that was abducted by another child abductor. It's like, Patrick, what's up? Well, how's it going, chief? I was like, well, I was abducted for 10 years, and I was living with this family, and you know, they sold me to this family for like 50 cows. Uh, and then basically, for, for 10 years, I, I gained their trust, and I, they allowed me to go to the market to sell cows after 10 years. And when they did that, I ran away. So then I went to my family, and I'm like, hey, guys, remember me? And they're like, oh, shit, we thought you were dead. I'm not. I'm back. So then he, he, he gets reunited, right? So he got yeah. sold for 50 cows. That's the, the detail you want to remember here. Uh, and anyway, they go back to the child abductor, and he's like, Mr. Child abductor, what's up, man? Are you, uh, you thinking of, you know, what's up with this business? You're staying in, you're staying out, you're giving it up, you're giving it in, what's cooking? He was like, I'm thinking of giving it up because most of my friends have found Jesus and, you know, it's not fun doing it alone. <laughs> and, and basically they interview him and he's like, w- 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 any other reason? He was like, well, you know, nowadays people don't, you know, it's difficult to sell a child for 20 cows, you know? And I'm like, wait a minute, Patrick got sold for 50 cows. What happened in between, you know? There's like a, has there been any form of like, you know, there's a, there's a disconnect. So then in my mind, I thought, do you think that the child of doctor that sold Patrick told him that he, he was sold for 50 cows just to protect his feelings and make him seem like he was more more. So that's where I want to take it. Hold on, but what I'm confused about, so he abducted, he was abducted by the child of doctor. Another child of doctor, the same guy. Okay, well, he was, okay, so the child, so, uh, what's his name? Um, Patrick. Paul, Christoph? Patrick, Patrick. Patrick. Well, all um, these kids in this, in this scenario, they call Patrick for some reason. Okay, Patrick. So Patrick is a kid who has a family, and one day he's abducted, and that that guy who's abducted the child then sells the child to an army for... No, no to another family, because at that point, people are just buying kids. Yeah, everybody's stealing each other's kids. It's weird. This is, this is what I don't understand. Is this slavery? Uh, I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of like forced adoption. <laughs> you know what I mean? But like, why would you buy a child? Because they stole your. Ch- some other guy stole your child. This is why it's weird. Because basically, people are just buying children because their children were stolen. No. I mean, this is what documentary is about. Man. I can send you the link. It's uh, really? Yeah. Because wouldn't, wouldn't like you put two and two together? Like, like uh, if you're buying children, then you're feeding the market of people taking children to sell that's that's how it works i don't it's fucked up so i'm thinking like because I, I think i think it mentally scarred me for some second i was like i gotta find find something funny out of this otherwise <laughs> i'm just here with this uh you know so anyway the, the yeah. funny thing is that I, i'm I, in my mind i thought maybe the child was trying to protect the child's feeling by telling him he got sold for more than he was worth so i found that was kind of funny <laughs> <laughs> you know what i mean so you're laughing, is, you're laughing it's such a heavy subject yeah so to find something to laugh at is, is, yeah, a relief. Yeah, that's what, exactly that's what I'm saying. Maybe like my, my mind is trying to find a relief from the pressure of the story. So then I was like, okay, let's lean into this and see what happens. Yeah, so okay. I like that you're leaning into something that's uncomfortable. Yeah, so I'm like, um, let's see if we can figure out what happened. Why did we go from like 50 to 20 cows? There's, there's some form of like child abductor arbitrage system going on. Are there intermediaries that are like taking a cut of cows? <laughs> Or is he actually like empathetic and uh, just lying because, uh, yeah. Exactly, yeah, yeah. He's, he's just, you know, he was, he, there was some slither of humanity in this fucking fucked up situation of the... Yeah. So that's what I've been playing around with in my mind for the last couple of days. Hmm? Yeah. That's what you've been playing with the last couple of days? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, yeah. I, um, there's always that problem of like talking about something that you don't have any connection with and, yeah. and navigating that, but... That said, there's also the power of the mic, like your position to enlighten people as to the fucked up nature of certain. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. Like, I think because I, I had this conversation with like David Fabian at the cafe and I was like, is this punching down? Am I punching down here or am I raising awareness? Uh, and Fabian was like, no, nah, man, it's funny. Tell. 
So I'm like, okay, well, I think it's. it's I think uh, the whole topic is obviously a you know they're war torn, economically um, severely disadvantaged. You know, they're trading in cows. Nothing to say there's not value in cows, but yeah, it's. <laughs> um but it's nothing like, the cows. yeah huh not to, not to say anything bad about the cows no you're punching down at the society in some right. ways but you're punching at least your joke is at the butt of the abductor yeah, yeah, yeah. and so that's that what, system the difficulty is how am i gonna how am i putting that out there in a way that it's not too uh punching down but then i was thinking so the conversation kind of degenerated into the whole borat situation right well, when Borat, you know, came out, Sasha Baron coined it Borat, and he basically shot on the whole country of Kazakhstan. Was that, you know what I mean? Was that art? Or was that punching down, you know? Uh, what was, yeah, I didn't go in, I didn't, I didn't learn much about, um, like, yeah, the whole country of Kazakhstan was, was very upset. Um, but there was very little, uh, little current, like, what he was portraying had, no semblance to Kazakhstan. Right? Yeah, it was filmed in Romania. This is why I, this is how I kind of got to this thing as well, because basically it was filmed in like in a in a Roma a Roma village, like very poor Roma village in Romania. And then I ended up watching a, another video on Vice because it got recommended to me about how they went to the village where Borat went and they asked them, "Yo, what's up, guys? How do you feel about being superstars?" And they're like, "We didn't make any money out of this." And he called my dad a mechanic abortionist, you know. <laughs> so then it wasn't. <laughs> So they were like extremely upset and they were extremely mad and basically he wasn't that like kind of like taking advantage of these people and uh, kind of like making money off the back of them because Borat made $260 million, right? And then these guys saw yeah. nothing even though they were portrayed as like hookers, prostitutes and like uh, number two prostitute in the whole of Kazakhstan, my sister. <laughs> they needed to, pro yeah, there's something, there's something wrong with that. Yeah, so I was kind of like playing around with that idea. So I was thinking, you know, maybe I would add that in, into the joke. It's like, oh, if you're offended by that, then you should also be offended by Borat or something. But then I, I, I was thinking the conversation was like, should Borat get canceled or I don't know. No, Borat, like there should be some kind of um, re like compensation to those mm -hmm. people. Like they shouldn't have like some, if they got nothing, but that said, we don't, you know, I don't know, does the Vice documentary really go into, you know? I think like, they said that they gave they I think he's basically when he came over to the village, he was an, an character throughout the whole time. So they actually thought they were filming a documentary because he basically never broke character while he was in the village. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and yeah. then basically they gave him like 20 bucks each or something. So. Okay, that's not enough, maybe. I think maybe. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's not enough. Uh, but that said, with those, I'm not defending, but I don't understand how those productions work. And there are so many like normal people. You know, and that's and that's what's um, so special about it is that he and it's kind of kind of like the Eric Andres show yeah, or yeah. other things. These sketches that involve the public that involve fooling the public. The public ends up becoming actors in it, and yes, they make money from it. But it's also highlighting it highlights by creating these sketches and seeing what how real people react. It's this very very special, and there's risk and there's legal risk involved and. You know, it's creating art that's, that's... You know what the funniest thing is? Like when you go to Rotten Pages, like when you see the actor list, there's two actors. There's like, you know, uh, Sasha Baron Cohen, another dude. And then the third one is the, 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 the real name of the, uh, the mechanic abortionist dude uh, in, the, in the acting credits of that particular page. I think somebody must have, must have added it as a joke or something. Because this guy doesn't speak English. He's like 75 or whatever. And he has like a weird hat. It's, it's, I was just, I kind of fell down this kind of hole. It's like so funny. I'm like, what the fuck is happening here? But, <laughs> but yeah, but yeah, I still haven't seen, I still really want to see um, Bruno. Uh, I think I they saw it a while back. It wasn't as good. Not as, not no, I just want to see him chasing like, like uptight middle American gym teachers with dildos like that. Yeah, yeah. Just that, that. And yeah, I watched and some... having a more sexual element to it. Like he's sexually progressive, mm. uh, and I'd like to see that. Yeah, because in all the other, in all the other ones, his characters are not sexually progressive. Yeah, Borat like is definitely we uh, kill homosexuals. Borat, the dictator. I know the dictator is all yeah. all acted. Yeah, but um, the messaging. But I'd like to see. Yeah, that's what I want to see. I want to see Sasha Baron Cohen not play 
a fucking misogynist. But so in that situation, Sacha Baron Cohen, like the dictator in Borat, isn't that like the dictator is kind but of he like... He might still be a misogynist because he just likes the... Perhaps, I guess. And it, is it like, because uh, basically with the dictator, it's like, a, you know, a satire of like Middle Eastern, like the, the, the dictatorship countries. And then Borat is like, you know, former Soviet, you know, it's always kind of, there's a bit of element of punching down in both to some degree, right? Um, totally. And then in like, uh, the last one was, this is America is basically, he's uh, Israeli. Have you seen that one? This is America. He plays like this Israeli uh, military general, what a military expert. And he goes to like interview different kind of like uh, Republican senators uh, and mm -hmm. members of Congress, whatever, uh, about like putting this new program in American schools, which is like uh, basically giving weapons to preschoolers so they can defend their schools. <laughs> and all these guys are like super in favor of it, right? And they get them to record this weird kind of like... Uh, ads like video ads for the program you know uh a, a good kid with a gun you know is better you know can only a good kid with a gun can stop a bad man with a gun you know um and some of these these guys are these republicans they're like uh you know children there's something unique there's something very good about children because they don't have a sense of ethics yet so they don't you know they don't think twice before shooting and it's like what the fuck oh my god dude it's so oh intense no, I haven't. I'll, I'll yeah. I should. It's probably. It's yeah. I'll have a look for it. I'll send you the link. It's after. terrifying. It is. It was like, actually. It is like terrifying. Yeah, I watched this Vice documentary um, on uh, how many women are killed um, per day in the United States of America. Um, it's something. It's three or five. I think it's three women. Or more. So let's just say it's three. Three women every day are murdered in by their um, by their partner or their ex partner in the U.S. Right. Every day, three women. And um, so in the uh, in certain states, they've now got this um, this policy where if they make a call and they report um, like violence, domestic violence, mm -hmm. um, after a certain point, they are entitled to get a gun. Right. without a license for okay. 60 days or 90 days or something right. and uh, and there's actually statistics that show that in these like with all of these domestic violence things as soon as as soon as a weapon is involved the risk of um death is increased by uh by 500 percent oh wow and of so the, of, the wife. Hmm? of the woman of Someone. I think not necessarily of the woman, but of, of like, um, of, of someone in, in the, in the situation. Right. But I, but given that it's three women every day that are being murdered and there's, it's usually weapons, right? Right. And so they're just putting weapons into these situations. The aggravated. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What the fuck? So this is something. Let's just make it faster. Let's just yeah, make yeah, it faster. Yeah, exactly, faster. exactly. This is like, this is one way to solve the problem. <laughs> what? Yeah. And it was this, it was watching that Vice documentary that um, uh, spurred me on to writing my, my serial killer bit because I was just so angry at the state of um, like how many women are, are murdered every day and domestic violence and, uh, and like, I think the Ted Bundy film uh, series had come out, you know, within, within sort of six months of that. And that was still kind of, pissing me off like it was still pissing me off that documentary it's just like i don't know were they like know. glorifying ted bundy or something because i haven't seen it it's um it's not glorifying him it's not glorifying him but uh i, I don't think so i only watched the first two episodes and it just it was like poison i i lost um i lost a lot of comfort in my environments as a result right. of it because all of the women like okay this is irrational like this is just fear-based well eh, irrational this is more emotional i guess in that um all of his victims uh, fit my description or when okay. i had longer hair like right. you know like someone that looks exactly like me was his was his target right and um and the way he would he would kill them and and basically the documentary just goes into all the details and it's fascinating but it is also really damaging to watch something that mm -hmm. is showing you how, like the, you know 
imagine watching a documentary where you are the victim getting murdered, right? On, picked on and time and time again murdered like raped and murdered right. and um yeah and that this guy like was free for so long and blah 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 and just just these documentaries make it so like they they eat away at your ability to feel like you can look after yourself or mm -hmm. that you're like they create this kind of paranoia fear, yeah paranoia fear mentality victim mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. Kind of, I think damages your self sense of self worth. I've been trying to work on some, uh, uh, some degree. I think because I, I I've been trying to work on something with regards to that as well. I, you know, with the asparagus stuff that I was working on, I was thinking about like, yeah, does that dam does that damage? Like, there's not a lot of, uh, uh, you know, you see a lot of uh, a lot of people like stepping out and you know against racism in like the U.S. and, and you know the places. But I think Eastern Europe traditionally, no one is like it. just it was more, the system has been more like shut up and take it, right? So I think even with the system has been one has been more of like shut up and take it because I've been talking to some of my Romanian friends about like what's been happening with this whole asparagus thing and they're like yeah this well this is yeah it's been happening it happens nothing new there's no like I don't know, and I feel like maybe because I've been out of the country for a while I'm like okay this is not normal this should there should be a bit more outrage about this but they're like well you know today it's asparagus tomorrow it's gonna be strawberries what do you do you know yeah totally totally and it just becomes um, normal yeah, yeah so then like I kind of you. And then I guess the, the people that come afterwards have this idea that like, you know, this is what I'm worth. This is what my, my worth is like asparagus, you know, like it's okay yeah. for my kind of, my kind or my people to, you know, get Corona and die of asparagus fields because we are from this particular place in the world. So we suck. So then I'm like, okay, this is not. not my life is cheaper. And yeah, yeah, yeah this, absolutely. and then it's all time. Yeah. And it's just like uh, the George Floyd on all of the, the, horrible horrible shit that's been happening and um, that connects to black lives matter it's like it's all of these instances where life is considered cheap by yeah. some group or some yeah um some in some places or everywhere um and yeah I, and i think worldwide um women and if black people and um and then and then it becomes all relative you know anywhere right, right, right. from uh, minorities economically yeah minorities or any yeah, minorities yeah. or anyone from an economically less like advantageous right. economy advantaged economy yeah. yeah i think i think that was the the shocking thing because a lot of a lot of stuff on twitter was basically putting uh pictures of how like the uh school shooters the white school shooters were treated once they were captured versus this guy that had like a forgery charge or whatever the fuck it was like nothing like it's they were like giving him water. I'm like, hey man, how's it going? Are you good? You want some cheesecake? Well, not cheesecake, but you know what I mean, right? And then this guy's like, hungry. yeah, he, he does nothing and he gets like his fucking head stomped down, right? Uh, insane. So you kind of like, you know, you kind of understand how the fucking, you know, the, the outrage, you can understand it, but at the same time, um, again, you're like, how many times has this happened? You know? And only now we're seeing it because someone yeah. caught it exactly. live. Especially like for me, like the, uh, the, the Amy Cooper thing was like, you know, how many people have kind of fucking done this before? Like the, her voice on that phone call is like, literally, if the police were on the other side, they would think this person is getting raped, murdered or killed. Right. And then how many people would have kind of fallen for that kind of, basically that kind of hysteria and that kind of like, you know, weaponized was, I think we'll call, I think somebody was calling weaponizing, uh, uh, I guess the police whatever yeah um yeah using, using the weaponizing, weaponizing also like the the structural system yeah. of the imbalance of um yeah, yeah who's, who's, he says there's an african-american yeah like she knew what the fuck she was doing right so yeah so then that situation kind of like you know when you look at this kind of stuff like for me i'm like okay maybe i can the same kind of process, like maybe I can take something out of this that at least kind of like, you know, perpetuate the story or at least make it funny or like retell it, right? Yeah. Otherwise, like these people are dying in the fields or like they're dying in the fucking under the heels or like whatever, nothing, right? Yeah, well, I think the asparagus, yeah. Like I, I did the, well, what I, yeah. Yeah, trying to find the, the light in it, I suppose. But yeah, I think that's, I think that's why your, I think that's why your rapist pizza bit works that best, right? That, that wall. Yeah, my, my rapist, my pizza, 
pizza pizza rapist joke and also my serial killer joke um yeah yeah that one as well right because I, i remember like um also cat had something that one can, uh, yeah right. I, i was i was getting it watching it what was that i think um cat also had something similar about the uh the people that i'm talking about like stuff that people resonate with right uh so Say like that your, again your cereal bit your uh pizza bit and i think also in, around the same vibe cat had something around like about uh somebody stalking her from tinder with reverse image search do you know this one oh no i don't know this one yeah she has a bit about like how she unmatched the guy on tinder and he screenshotted her uh her photo on tinder and then used google search google image search to find her linkedin profile and then message her on facebook oof yeah like what kind no, of no i haven't people? heard it. yeah it's i was like and everybody was like what the fuck is happening what is this shit right people are going insane that's um bleh. yeah that's scary being yeah being stalked is 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 terrifying have you had any situations like that where people have kind of like you know messaged you out of the blue or like any stalking situations not to cause any paranoia no 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 um the number of like message requests i get right or d like um yeah like message requests whether it's on facebook or instagram that are people that i don't know um that's a lot right trying to slide yeah like it, it just yeah um and it's all just obviously men um or those like profiles that are fake women um you know not really men let's see i always forget how to get to it because i just try not to look at it you know what i mean i think it's um using the app or, or the messenger app, right message requests yeah look you can see like there's just like all of these of, right all of these people that are um oh that was the wrong one just randos yeah anyway there's a message requests yeah load earlier chats but there's like this is just from since july right but load earlier chats is yeah just a lot of dudes a lot of dudes that i don't know that text me uh like hey did i did were you the one that i saw in the gym last week and it's like dude i don't go to a gym like <laughs> <laughs> or not your one um uh but in terms of stalking um Mm, I'm trying to think. No, I've been pretty lucky in Berlin. Um since I've been in Berlin, I haven't really had too many creepy situations. Uh Has happened yeah. in Australia? Huh? They happen in Australia? Like a little bit in high school. <laughs> in high school, yeah. Um there were, there were there were instances of that. Um which is so long ago but then it's just like i yeah i've been really lucky i haven't had too many stories of being like followed home walking or right. someone like trying to get in contact with me through um yeah like back ways right, right. um yeah which is lucky which is lucky but but i've had had so many stories where mm. yeah that that has happened and all of my dating like t- online dating experiences i'm very like i'm not saying that other people aren't but i'm very like as soon as there's even a t- tinge of something that doesn't feel right i will end the communication so yeah i think in that regard i've been or, and and block and i, I think that. um in in that sphere i've been pretty pretty okay i'm i'm really trying to wrap my brain now yeah what about like in terms of doing comedy online and having a uh, comedy on the stage and people coming to you after the show and be like hey you did that joke about i don't know chlamydia how about this how about i give you chlamydia or something yeah i have i get guys coming up to me and like trying to ask me out or um tell me that yeah they want to spend time with me in some way um <laughs> that's, that's- and <laughs> and yeah it's uh I I I suppose I I'm very happy to talk to people after shows. I was actually talking to Shani today um about and she's like I don't really talk to people. And I'm like I actually like talking to people after a show like if I can if people like my stuff right. then I want to talk to them and I want to hear what they liked. Yeah, give me give me all your praise. Bring it. 
you know it's not just that it's also it's also it actually bring it <laughs> yeah bring it bring it just don't stop yeah work hard that. on this deliver me my <laughs> this is us is what i this is what i need you know <laughs> yeah really really but also it's um there's a few layers to it it's it's give me the praise because yeah i've worked really hard and this is this is the only time where i'll get it and if i don't if i don't engage like you know it's not that i think i'm intimidating but if you don't start the conversation often they won't yeah, so yeah. you got to and, and so unless it's a dude who wants to fuck right. you and they're like yeah, yeah what's um up? what's up um yeah i actually had a, a, a i was invited to do a show um by an audience member that i kind of flirted with when i was on stage like part of the part of my part of my bit but um he then invited me to do uh, a show a private show but like it was a legit private show okay how about you do, how about you do a performance for one <laughs> now it was for his birthday it was actually at a really great venue that i i wouldn't like really great venue in mitte um house and uh and he was just going to pay me in drinks and back then i drank so i was like i will match you and um and i got christoph schmidt to come as well um and uh, and he actually wanted to do his very first um performance in stand up right okay and so he did that as an uh, as an introduction I right as a segue good. into his stuff yeah yeah exactly and You're so like, oh. um got real comedians which means i also am now a comedian for i am doing it boom okay but uh, yeah. that's not that's not too bad i guess that's not too creepy it's like kind of like well no no it wasn't creepy at all um it was more like after the show he's like yeah like you know i'll invite you for dinner one time and it was like yeah okay dude like uh, no like <laughs> this, was, okay, this yeah. was the end of the deal right right um and i think there was some level of expectation from him or hope but right. but he was totally fine he was i was just like no um but uh but yeah whenever yes i've had i've had guys hit on me after shows but it's like they're easy to right but that's uh, that, that's part of like normal being at a bar as well right i guess exactly i did have after um after my first i found the video yesterday um the very first glory hole production i did and at that venue um i used to work there mm -hmm. and so before glory hole became like a show that definitely sold tickets and definitely filled up um because it was on one of their closed nights right. um the deal was that after the show i would bartend mm -hmm. and then close the bar right. um because they couldn't afford or you know invest right. in paying for a staff member. So after the very first one, there was a guy who at, like during the show loved me, after the show loved me, blah, 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 you're so great, blah, 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 stayed having drinks. And the drunker he got, by the end, he said something to me that was like, um, you know what, if these people went around, I'd, I'd hit you in the face right now. And I was like, um, you need to pay and you need to leave. Wow. And yeah and it, like i was in a bartender like i like we were just you know talking and i was serving people and it, it just got very domestic violence or just violent and um yeah and he didn't have enough cash so he had to like leave something and go to a go to a, that's, a, a that's awkward <laughs> yeah. that's a bit as well that's a bit like you know like having this guy threaten you you'd kick him out and then him not having money to like oh well you know it's did he say, did he say sorry yeah. once he came back or? No, no, no. He just paid and left. And then, yeah. Interesting. What was this? Just this a German dude, a foreigner? What was the? I knew you were going to ask what his nationality was because I was just remembering what it was. I'm trying to figure but... out, the, you know, I'm trying to figure out the accent he said it in. <laughs> we have to disclose it. You're trying to racially stereotype. <laughs> no, I'm just thinking. Uh... This guy Italian? <laughs> no, but what's crazy was as soon as you started those questions, I, I, was I was questioning myself yeah. already when I remembered what he, uh, where he was from, and which is why I will never go to Egypt alone. Oh, okay, that's what it was. All right, interesting. Yeah, that's a very aggressive thing to say. Like, I mean, just out of the blue, I would punch you in the face. Yeah, it was it was out of the blue. It was out of the blue. Like, yeah. yeah. And obviously, nothing. It's probably just like some form of like you know frustration. So whatever the fuck is happening, like a lot of. Uh, I don't know. I, I don't even know what. I no idea why the fuck would he say that. Yeah, 
I, I have no idea why the fuck. It, he just, yeah. Yeah. Fucked. Nice. Yeah, it was, and it was the seriousness that he said it in. So, yeah. But no, I've been very lucky. I've had very... experiences and uh, a number of times that I've walked home in Berlin like so not in my head like mm -hmm. so and whatever you know like um, mm -hmm. whatever whatever I, how I'd enjoyed myself uh, not together and I have never had a problem getting home so and hopefully that, there won't be any problems going forward yeah um, I think we can yeah. kind of wrap it up it's been like about an hour uh, is there anything yeah. else you want to go over Are you you good you have anything you want to plug? Yes. Let me. I think I already said like. That's uh, you can send me the links and I can put it in the description when I put it on YouTube and stuff. Um, yeah. But. Um, yeah, I think just basically my my like this this roast show, uh, the Berlin Fries Club, is going to be on my YouTube channel as well as my Facebook page, Anna Bebra. So that's it, really. And then Perfect. adults only. Don't adults uh, only. Glory hole and punch up, hopefully. Don't slide into her DMs with creepy DMs, okay? That is the... Uh... Yeah, no. No, I'm safe. I'm safe. I'm very... Well, I think that actually the biggest threat is um, exes, usually. Exes, okay. Is that, uh, are those the ones that cause the most problems? People just like overly attached and just take, can't take no for an answer? Boom. Okay, do you want to open that bag of worms? Or... <laughs> <laughs> no. Okay. No, but... They're definitely the people that I've felt the least safest from in the past. Hmm. Okay, well, that's, I think that kind of, that's, that's another story for another podcast, yeah? Yeah, sure, or Probably not. not. Okay. <laughs> okay, cool. I'm going to stop the recording now, but thanks a lot for being on the podcast, and uh, I'll see you at one of the shows in the next couple of days, all right? Oh, sure, yes. Boom. Boom. Hey, this is uh, Dragosh. I wanted to let you know that you can sign up for my mailing list in order to get updates from me at dragoshcomedy.com. Just go there, put your name, your email, and I will send you updates whenever I'm up to new podcasts, new shows, or in, in your area. You can also find me on Instagram at dragoshcomedy or Facebook Dragosh Christian Comedy. Thanks a lot, and uh, catch you guys in the next podcast.